there's a really big difference between just accepting a culture compared to like just like really exposing yourself and like understanding it. I think that's what I've come to realize after taking Japanese because it's like I may have watched anime as a kid like maybe like like Japanese food but then I think that was basically what you call like like an ignorant consumer in a sense. Mm -hmm. People think their eyes have been opened like in this current like world with the internet but I don't think everyone is like fully opened in. You get what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're listening to Speaking of Language, a podcast recorded at the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. Each week, we explore a topic related to language pedagogy and second language acquisition. This week on Speaking of Language. Cornell undergraduates Hezekiah Thompson and Justin Kang talk about what they have gained from their language learning experiences and their advice for incoming freshmen or any prospective language student. Welcome to a new episode of Speaking of Language. I'm Angelica Kramer, the director of the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. And I'm Sam Lupowitz, the LRC's Media Development Manager. Today, we have two undergraduate students in the studio to hear more about their perspectives on the importance of language learning. Hezekiah Thompson is a senior and Justin Kang is a junior. Both of them are language students and both of them are also student assistants here at the LRC. Welcome to Speaking of Language, Hez and Justin. Hey! It's good to be here. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, absolutely. We are so excited that you can join us today. Before we talk about your perspective on the importance of language learning, can you please share with us a little bit more about your background with languages? What languages are you studying here at Cornell? And what got you interested in those languages? Uh, Should I go first? Okay. Uh, so I'm from Korea, so I've had a background in Korean, kind of like just speaking with my parents and like my relatives at the same time. But the funny thing is I never actually like learned uh, like grammatical, like grammar and like phonics and everything. Like never took classes about Korean, mm -hmm. except for like elementary school. Sure. So I think maybe just conversation wise, yeah. I, I'm, I'm able to speak Korean. But then uh, and in English, because I went to international school and in Cornell, uh, I started to study Japanese, Okay. which like, it's been like a really fun experience. So which even persuaded me to take a second year and now a third year after pre-enroll. So, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. How come Japanese? Uh, or at the start, uh, to be honest, it was about kind of like fulfilling the whole arts and mm -hmm. uh, science credits. Sure. And then all the East Asian courses are six credits. So if you take a year of it, you're basically done. Mm -hmm. Right. But at the same time, like I was already familiar with Korean and I've taken like a semester of Chinese already. Okay. And like Japanese was something like culture wise, I was very kind of exposed to and mm -hmm. I really enjoyed but I never actually had the chance to learn the language. So I was like, like, why not two birds with one stone? Yeah. Take all the credits and have fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Great. So Hez, what my... about you? So I'm actually in a different boat. I am actually studying engineering here. So I had no obligations to take a language here. Mm -hmm. You can take it for liberal studies. But even by this point, I had fulfilled my liberal studies by the time I had started taking a language. Hmm. And I'm also taking Japanese. We're actually both classmates in the same okay. <laughs> Japanese <laughs> class. But I'm also taking Mandarin at the uh -huh. same time. And I thoroughly enjoy it. All 12 credits worth last year, but now all wow. 8 credits worth this year. Wow. But I actually first started Mandarin when I was 10 years old. Hmm. In middle school, it was part of a school project. Okay. Um, my school, my middle school was the first school in the, 
in my city of Buffalo, mm-hmm. New York to offer Mandarin. Mm. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. And then my Mandarin teacher encouraged my parents to encourage me mm-hmm. to keep taking it, oh, nice. even yeah. as private study in high school. But by the time I got to Cornell, I was like, oh, like, I need to focus on engineering mm-hmm. and figuring out other things. So I was like, okay, I won't take a language. Even though I was in my head, I kind of wanted to take Mandarin. Sure. Then I stumbled upon the language house, uh-huh. which exposed me to many, many different people from many different languages. Yeah. And my roommate actually was in the Japanese section. Oh. And he was like the star of the Japanese program mm-hmm. here at Cornell. Mm-hmm. And he inspired me to take Japanese. So I was like, you know, I can do it. I can take Japanese. It won't, I didn't think it would be that hard because, like, oh, it's the same Chinese characters. Mm-hmm. It's much harder than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> much, much harder than I thought. But it's still a lot of fun. And after taking Japanese for a year, I thought, or first semester, I thought, you know what, I can test into Mandarin again. And then mm-hmm. I just enrolled in Mandarin that next semester. Okay. And it's just been a ride ever since. I thoroughly enjoy taking both of them. They yeah. both have their challenges, but I both thoroughly enjoy it. Mm-hmm. What are some benefits that you've noticed that being culturally competent and having another language under your belt, uh, what does that give you an edge on when you're going through, whether it be class or outside of class? I think it's just the type, the people that you can start talking to now and the types mm-hmm. of conversations you can start having with those people. Yeah. Um, just in our Japanese program alone, like, Many of the people who are taking Japanese are thoroughly, thoroughly interested in Japanese culture, mm-hmm. whether if it's not anime, then it's maybe one other aspect like traditional arts or yeah. so on and so forth. So even be, being able to have those conversations and using like the Japanese that we have um, to facilitate them is pretty mm-hmm. fun. And really just last month, some students from a university in Japan the Japanese program invited them to stay in Cornell for a week, and oh, cool. we were actually be able we were actually able to converse with them yeah. fully in Japanese and have pretty amazing cultural exchanges, uh-huh. and yeah, that was a lot of fun. And in my case, it's not even just in a Japanese context, but also in a Chinese context mm-hmm. because so many Cornell students do come from mm-hmm. a Chinese background, whether they were born in China or born in America. So, even having those cultural exchanges is yeah. really rewarding. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, or I think you basically took the answer I was going to say. But then it's like I really or I don't know if it's like a benefit, but then I think just a benefit to my school life in general was like it really kind of created like a community where you have it's not like just about like your major. Like I think that's the thing that's really different about language classes and like maybe classes that you have like are majoring in like. I major in the sciences like biology. Mm -hmm. Like all we talk about is just like biology, Mm -hmm. like cell, Mm -hmm. like DNA. But then here like you like this language like Japanese it gives it's like it's kind of like a filter in a way like you're able to say talk about whatever topics you want Mm -hmm. and we and even in our classes in general we talk we cover uh, various like topics in general like from like Japanese education to even Japanese pop culture and kind of being able to kind of talk with that with not just like biology majors Mm -hmm. like there are like none of these people are I think are Japanese majors like we have a variety of like different views uh-huh. from like maybe CS, maybe from like the arts that kind of really, I think really spices up like mm-hmm. the whole like topics we talk about in general, as well as mm-hmm. even outside of class, like as we practice Japanese, like just the conversations we have, like mm-hmm. I think that's one of the most enjoyable parts about yeah. taking Japanese. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. And what I like when I walk by our main um, area here at the LRC, I often see you guys 
like just interacting with other students and speaking Japanese. And I always yeah, wonder, yeah. Mm-hmm. what are you guys talking about? <laughs> 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 Maybe I need to start taking Japanese so I can eavesdrop. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it so much here. Maybe you pick it, some right? up. Just when I was doing the recording homework. So. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's, it's nice that there is this, you know, you, you were describing this um, social aspect of, mm-hmm. of learning a language and maybe taking you a little bit outside of your rigorous studies that you have in your major or majors. So that's, that's wonderful to hear. If you have to think back at the language classes that you've taken so far, is there a specific memory, something super fun that you guys did either in class or outside of class that you connect with your Japanese or your Chinese lessons here, the way that it's taught or like a fun event or maybe a field trip or anything like that, a cultural event? Honestly, every day is its own adventure just in the classes because you walk in, you're like, oh my gosh, what are they going to have us do today? And it's like, (laughs) it's such a challenge, but it's also so much fun. But we do occasionally have like some special field trips and programs that are sponsored, Mm -hmm. Uh, like sponsoring the students from Mm -hmm. Japan to come in for the week and we speak Japanese with them. Um, Occasionally some talks, actually just... A month ago, right before spring break, we mm-hmm. had a performer from Japan oh, cool. come and give us yeah. a yeah, give us a performance in this style of Japanese comedy called Rakugo. Huh. And we come in and it's like literally the entire Japanese class there, like first year, second year, third year. Yeah. Cool. We're coming in, we're hearing like the English portion and hearing the Japanese portion and then talk huh. and then talking about it amongst each other, going up after the performance, going after to Cafe Pacific, one of the Japanese style mm-hmm, restaurants mm-hmm. slash stores in College Town, and talking and laughing some more, talking about talking junk about the Japanese class, not junk, <laughs> junk, but also good things about the Japanese class and yeah. just the culture in general. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's actually a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Just special programs like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that we have sometimes. It's really like the highlight mm-hmm. of my time here. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Justin, anything that stands out for you? I don't know why, but I thought of like assignments that especially like stuck mm-hmm. to me. So uh, from second year on in Japanese, we do like uh, presentations at the end of the semester, mm-hmm. which I think that's like was one of the best times to really express yourself. Like because mm-hmm. you get to choose what you want to talk about, what you want to present about. Yeah. And like, I think that was especially memorable because I was like, we were able to like we do it in groups. Mm-hmm. So we talk about like, oh, what we're going to present and kind of like even if we choose a topic like for last semester i didn't choose the topic our group wanted mm-hmm. uh, we, uh, we had a friend who really loves cats so we <laughs> we did a island called about we did about an island called tashirojima which is called cat island uh-huh. oh wow. yeah yeah but then it's like kind of like you, you get to choose your own topic and like really like look into mm-hmm. like things you would never kind of maybe come up with in like sure. in class so like that freedom, kind of, that kind of uh, that assignment basically gave like myself and all the other students, I think was pretty memorable. Yeah. And then at the end, you're like, I did a whole presentation in Japanese, and like that was pretty unbelievable mm-hmm. in a sense. Yeah. That's cool. Because yeah. like that it was basically like a year and a half, and like I would have never expected myself to be able to do that in mm-hmm. a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is, yeah, that's that's awesome. I know. <laughs> oh. Just to add to that, because we're talking all about Japanese, so I have to talk a little bit about my experience in Mandarin. Yeah. So, 
So at the end of the semester in Mandarin, we always do something similar, but it's not a presentation. We actually make a whole skit, like we're all actors. Mm -hmm. And I remember in after second semester of first year Mandarin, we actually had to make our own skit. And at the, in the end, the best actor or actress would get what's called an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> and just seeing everyone else's performance. <laughs> Just profusively acting and showing emotion while at the uh -huh. same time being able to perfect your tones and everything yeah. in Mandarin yeah. was a lot of fun. And I was close to getting an Oscar. I was, she, everyone said I was just barely there. I was mm. close second. You were snubbed. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, Washula. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, that was a lot of fun. And actually, we just got our skit assignments for this ah, semester too. Okay, so okay. maybe I'll get that Asuka today. <laughs> this semester. There we Last go. We're, yeah, we're rooting mm -hmm. for you. Yeah, yep, so, absolutely. <laughs> so not just Japanese, but Mandarin also creates amazing memories. That's we'll, great. We'll bet on you in our, our Asuka pool. Exactly. <laughs> we will. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about any plans you might have for using your, uh, your languages that you've studied after graduation? Justin, I know you have a little more time. So immediately, I don't have any plans to directly, directly use the mm -hmm. language, even though I will be in Taiwan teaching English uh -huh. for a little bit. So maybe some of that Mandarin can s scoop in there and I'll just be a sea away from Japan. So maybe sometime I could go see Japan. But actually, after really thinking about what I want to do for grad school, because I realized after doing my time here in engineering that I realized that engineering isn't really what I want to do. Mm -hmm. I actually want to study not only architecture, I, I'd actually like to study East Asian architecture. Oh, mm -hmm. oh, cool. So maybe, fingers crossed, maybe I could one day go to graduate school in China or Japan mm -hmm. or Taiwan. Mm -hmm and study the architecture directly yeah. while being able to write theses and everything, give presentations yeah. in my Liaoli de Zhongwen or my Pera Pera Nihongo. <laughs> <laughs> and just, yeah, and just be able to be immersed in the environment, mm -hmm. be able to have more conversations with the actual natives there. And yeah, and then see from there and just have a great time. Awesome. Yeah, mm -hmm. That sounds great. Justin, do you think that there might be an opportunity for you to utilize your language skills in wherever you think your professional future might take you? Or I, I think maybe mine is more targeted for like an international kind of like my, my target is to go kind of international because mm -hmm. like I want to go into education. Mm -hmm. like, I was pre-med, but then I kind of uh, or I teach Korean at like my church. Oh, cool. Yeah. like It's for like basically Korean American kids. Like, uh -huh. They don't. They've, they're Korean, but they've never kind of learned the actual language. Sure. sure. So yeah. we teach that. And I think that kind of really like burned like a fire in me to uh -huh. actually like, want to like go into teaching. Mm -hmm. Cool. But then I'm also from an international school. So like I've always had teachers who are like not just from the U.S., but around the world. And like now that I want to be a teacher, I'm like, that's such a cool job. Like mm -hmm. I really want to try that as well. So I, I like... In a perfect world, like maybe I want, like after graduation, I wanted to maybe go for teaching opportunities like abroad, mm -hmm. like maybe, maybe in the U.S. or maybe like in Korea. But then I also thought now that I learned Japanese, right? Yeah, I also opened the door to like an uh -huh. opportunity maybe to teach in Japan. Totally. And or I mean, um, I've been, uh, I've been attending a internship program called uh, Come on up, Come on out Japan. Okay. Yeah, that's like you teach kind of English to uh, basically high schoolers, but sometimes middle schoolers or college kids. Mm -hmm. 
uh, in Japan. And I've done that last year and I'm probably going back this year as well. Oh, fun. Yeah, so hopefully that experience maybe helps me in like my future. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, those are those are both great plans. I like that both of you are going into education. We need more motivated, wonderful language learners and future teachers like you guys. If there was one thing you could tell your friends or fellow students who maybe are not currently taking a language, why they should be taking a language, what would you tell them? What could convince them? Like, what what has been great for you about being a language learner or why is learning a language important today? I Like, right now, I have a lot of, like... uh like freshmen who ask me like for mm-hmm. tips about like what classes to take next semester as they go for like pre-enroll and then like i do say like a lot of them ask because like they know i'm studying japanese like oh how's japanese and i do th- like ha- i do tell them the truth like oh it's a lot of work mm-hmm. especially like as you get busier it like it may be a little stressful at times but then also at the same time i think there's like a the huge benefit that like basically like, just eats up like the disadvantages of taking a mm-hmm. language class because I feel like uh, the world seems more globalized today, especially with the internet. But yep. I feel like there's still a limit to that because, like, it's basically just you're experiencing something just like through a screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then I feel like there's a really big difference between like just accepting a culture compared to like just like really exposing yourself and like understanding it. Yeah. And then I think that's what I've come to realize after taking Japanese because it's like I may have like I may have watched anime as a kid like. Uh, I maybe like like Japanese food, but then I think I was basically what you call like like an ignorant consumer in a sense. Mm-hmm. And then now that I actually learn like the language and like the culture behind it, it's kind of like it's sometimes like eye opening in a sense, which I feel like people think their eyes have been opened like in this current like world with the internet, but it's I don't think everyone is like fully opened. If yeah. you get what I mean, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And I think, like, especially now, like, Cornell has such good, like, language, like, their, like, the uh, educa- uh, language programs are really, like, really nice. And then, like, it's not just about Japanese, like, we heard about, like, Chinese, Korean, and then all the other mm-hmm. languages as well. So I feel like it's this opportunity, like, you have to take it, right, mm-hmm. to actually maybe open your eyes. Because I don't think it's an opportunity that's, like, really frequent after college. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's very yeah. true. Yeah. So... I started Mandarin and Japanese last year, and my one, not really regret, but really kind of tick is like, oh, I wish I had started mm. in my freshman year, yeah. so I had more time, I could have yeah. learned more, gosh. Um, so that that's what I would, that's one thing I would say, like, if you want to start a language, like, go full in and take in as much as you can. If I had started earlier, I could have taken in much more, mm-hmm. um, because I did say, I did kind of want to take Mandarin, even since I was a freshman and sophomore, but yeah. there was always some excuse that I made, like, oh, like, it doesn't fit in my schedule. Oh, it's going to be so yeah. many credits. And, oh, like, uh, do I really, can I really fit this in now? Or, oh, I'll take it la- next year. Just different mm-hmm. excuses. And some of them are very legit. Like, there are certain realities that everyone sure. has. But also at the same time, it's like, if you really, really want, if you really, really want it, then do what you can with what, with what you have to make sure that you can take that language. Because no matter how hard uh, the languages and we're both taking what's popularly said to be like among the hardest languages in the world mm-hmm. but because I enjoyed it a lot and I'm sure Justin enjoys Japanese mm-hmm. too it's like it doesn't really feel so hard it doesn't feel so hard to us it feels like 
really really feels like we're doing a hobby mm-hmm. every awesome. single every That's single great. day. So pretty much what I say is if you if you really do want to take it for very true authentic reasons, then go ahead and take it because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you never know what will happen. Um, actually, when I was in China just for spring break for one half a day mm-hmm. i couldn't use my <laughs> i couldn't use my phone for google or anything so uh-huh. i actually had to rely on locals to point me to where everything is and like use the sites that only china has and i was like mm-hmm. oh my gosh thank goodness <laughs> if i didn't know chinese i would have been so lost yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah you never know what will happen to you in your life where yeah. it'll awesome be useful yep very cool Well, hey, thanks to both of you for joining us on the podcast today and also for being wonderful student assistants for the LRC. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) You are. (laughs) With this episode, our third season of Speaking of Language comes to an end. We will be back in September with new topics and guests. In the meantime, you can listen to our archived shows on our website at lrc.cornell.edu on iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. We wish all of our listeners a wonderful summer. Until fall, auf Wiederhören. The Language Resource Center is located on the ground floor of Stimson Hall on Cornell's main campus in Ithaca, New York. Check us out on the web at lrc.cornell.edu or look for Cornell LRC on Facebook and Twitter. Speaking of Language is produced by Angelica Kramer and Sam Lupowitz. Recorded by Sam Lupowitz. Original music by Sam Lupowitz, Dan Gable, and Joe Gibson. Thanks also to the College of Arts and Sciences at Cornell University. As a reminder, the ideas and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of the College of Arts and Sciences or any other official entity of Cornell University. We thank our listeners, and do stay tuned for our next episode.